This is BTS with CTV Behind the Scenes, Behind the Stories we bring you from the CTV Vancouver Newsroom. My name is Penny Daflos and I'll be your guide behind the curtain to the scramble to cover a marine mishap. Docking disaster. A ferry crashes into the Langdale Terminal. If you hit with a good bump, yeah, people could could have gotten hurt. BC Ferries called it a docking issue, but witnesses say the Queen of Surrey slammed into the terminal and was visibly stuck on the end of a passenger causeway. Damaging that vessel and trapping more than 200 people on board for more than 10 hours. Dozens of travelers stranded in Gibsons had no choice but to wait, grateful the collision wasn't more serious. I think that's the keys. No one's been hurt. Getting to the scene of the waylaid ferry on the Sunshine Coast was no easy task, with the terminal at a standstill due to the crash. So CTV News had to get creative as passengers waited on board and the extent of the damage and length they'd be stuck there remained unclear. It looks like there is uh, some superficial damage to the vessel, but we do have to do a full inspection of both the vessel as well as the berthing structure. Veteran cameraman Pete Klein joins me now. Uh, Pete, you and I had quite the adventurous day yesterday, but I want to start at the beginning with you because you first got a call out to start um, heading over to gibsons to get some aerials with chopper nine so uh, tell us what that is like we've done an episode on chopper nine news gathering before but give us a sense of what it was like in this case where it was a a breaking news situation where they wanted you to get some aerial visuals yeah so there's there's three operators and we uh do one week rotations and uh so during that week you're on call basically that entire week so um i got the call in the morning out walking the dog and Okay, rush back and uh, get to the hangar and uh, basically try and work out logistics, what, how we're going to do that. They're phoning me up as I'm driving to the hangar, trying to figure out, okay, they need pictures from the chopper for noon, but we also wanted to take a reporter over, and, and then I would use my regular gear that I would carry the other two weeks that I'm not on the chopper and basically become a ground crew. So trying to figure out that logistics with fuel and having enough room to carry all the live gear that we have we have to bring to go live from the ground so once we figured that out we decided i would go first by myself in the chopper with the pilot shoot the scene at gibson's get an idea what's going on bring that back and feed it because it's just barely out of range for going live with the chopper so i would bring that back feed it in drop off the recording with the camera and then pick you up at the harbor luckily we can land there grab a splash of fuel before we go and then head out to seashell seashell airport easy for me to say (laughs) and um then the pilot would drop us off he stays with the helicopter and we grabbed a ride with uh, one of our ex employees wife she was good enough to drive us from seashell she came out to seashell from gibson's where she lives and drove us back to the, the ferry terminal and we off to the races we were. Yeah, so we want to say a special thanks to Lou Tapp at this point because without her, we wouldn't have been able to get around because usually this was a really weird circumstance for us. Usually uh, we have a truck, it's an SUV, it's loaded up with all our gear, you've got backup batteries and lights and everything that we could possibly need, whereas in this case it was, you know, 
whatever you can fit on the chopper, which isn't much. I mean, the reporter has a little bit of space out front. I basically had my bag with me with my notebook and my iPad when I went there. You had just barely enough room in the back for your camera, your tripod, and uh, DeGero. We've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's almost like a small suitcase with a bunch of cellular cards in it where we can um, go live. Uh, we rarely use live trucks anymore. It's usually the, the DeGero. So we were crammed. I mean, there was not a lot of room to maneuver in there. Um, but Pete, in terms of the uh, visuals that you were gathering from Chopper 9. Um, what's your kind of uh, technique? Because people, if they really pay attention to the, the video, first of all, it was really compelling just to be able to see it from that context. You know, the, the ferry is not where it should be. The Queen of Surrey was basically at the opposite end of the terminal from where it normally docks. Uh, but people paying close attention uh, would notice that you're actually orbiting around this thing as you're trying to get your visuals. Yeah, so with the, the aircraft, we can see it from miles away. So we kind of get an idea as we're approaching what's going on, and as you get closer, obviously, you can get closer images. And we do the orbit basically for uh, the helicopter because it's so heavy. We, we go at gross weight pretty much loaded with fuel as much as we can take all the time. And it has certain limitations with uh, being able to hover, so that's why we don't hover. And uh, as you go around, you also get to see different angles, and you, you're able to see into areas that maybe you can't see uh, necessarily if you're in a hover. A uh, prime example, if we go to, uh, sometimes there's a car crash or something, and there's trees in the way. So being, that sort of gives us an idea of, of the best angle that we can see certain things happening. That In this case, everything was out in the open, so it's easy to see. But uh, a lot of times, too, it just gives us different eye view every time. So that's why we do the orbits. Well, and I love that you guys are always shooting uh, the three photogs that uh, shoot in Chopper 9, uh, knowing that, first of all, um, we're going to need to use it possibly for years to come. I mean, the, the, who knows how long it's going to take this investigation for this uh, ferry to figure out what happened and what the fallout is going to be. Uh, but you're also um, shooting uh, just in case you do have to go live. So it's kind of that people may notice that it's just a really smooth motion. It's a wide shot, zooming into a medium, then a close up. And then it's just, I find it very smooth uh, typically when you guys are at a scene like that, because you know that um, depending on the circumstances, if we can transmit it live to the station, it, it could potentially have to go live or uh, be adapted really quickly from when we send it to the station uh, to going right on the air. Yeah, and a lot of times they live stream us now, so when we're in range, uh, they'll put us on the web, or CTV uh, News Channel may take us live, and so all the moves that we do have to be sort of smooth. If we know that we're, being sh we're shooting for editing, uh, you may see the camera zip in real quick, and we'll do different angles. Uh, a lot of times we can adjust uh, the camera can have an automatic drift so you take your hands off the controls so that takes your uh any movement from your hand from the vibrations in the aircraft that allows you just to use uh, little pots inside to control how the camera tilts and goes back and forth so we kind of go into that mode where uh, and there, there's a little bit more movement there but generally speaking if we know that we're going to be live all the time yes we, we've got to keep it smooth move and uh there's some things that we have to adjust the you know, exposure and uh uh, doubling, we have a, it's called a 2x extender, so we can double the focal length of the lens, and there's, ex, you know, you have to adjust for exposure for that, and certain controls on the camera that you can't hide when you, when you have to make those changes, but for the most part, we try and keep it as smooth as possible. 
So we've got this amazing video now on the noon show. So you and I um, hit the ground. Lou has dropped us off at the uh, ferry terminal. She kept the broadcast gear with her and the lighting kit because we couldn't keep it with us because we weren't sure what the circumstance was going to be there. And it turned out that we ended up, um, there's a little walking path along the beach next to the Gibson's ferry uh, terminal there at Langdale. If uh, it, For folks who aren't familiar, there's a, it's a big structured ferry terminal. There's a parking lot where a whole bunch of people were waiting, uh, ferry up at, you know, people who were waiting to get on the ferry and uh, get off the Sunshine Coast, uh, they were going nowhere fast because this ferry uh, was stuck at the edge of the dock there. And so all sorts of people were on the beach as uh, Pete and I went down there uh, lugging the gear and whatnot. I had um, I was had a different assignment that day, so was not thinking about my shoes and had heels as I was, you know, hobbling around on the, uh, on the beach as the tide was starting to come out. And we're just going there and trying to get a lay of the land. My immediate thought um, as a reporter is I you know, go around and start chatting with people to see, are they locals um, down there to have a look at what's going on? Uh, are they ferry travelers who are uh, waiting to see if they're going to be able to get out of there? Uh, whereas Pete, uh, being the visual guy that you are with the camera, uh, you had different priorities the moment we got to the beach. And, and the ferry was so close. I, I was surprised how close it was to us, actually. Yeah, we were pretty y- lucky yesterday that and the, even the, the tide was going out, so we could get fairly close from the, from the ground. Uh, sometimes we're shooting through a fence or through some trees or something like that if you don't get access, but we were really lucky yesterday. And visually, it's almost like we were in the helicopter. I'll walk up and down the beach look because there's all you go 100 feet down the beach and it'll be a different angle and you'll see different things. So a lot of times people go, where's he going? And it's because you can see you may go 15 feet down the, the beach and you'll see something different an angle that you weren't seeing before oh it's caught on that you can see that where as if you're looking at it from the front you don't see that so we were lucky we had uh, a good range of motion and then once the tide went out we could go even farther do you know how many times I've said, I've misplaced my cameraman because I can't find you guys? Uh, and, and Shelley Moore, our uh, camera operator who's a woman, uh, the only uh, full-time camera operator who, who's female at CTV News, um, you guys are out there, you know, looking at all sorts of different angles and stuff. I often lose track. And so then, you know, I have to find you. And in this case, um, when we did uh, team up again, uh, we just started talking to people there waiting because that becomes part of the story. Yes, they weren't the people who were stranded on the ferry, but we didn't have access to them. Although it was funny, wasn't it? That one guy who was on, he was on his iPhone on speaker talking to his girlfriend who was stuck on the ferry. So we interviewed him and her on the phone at the same time. That was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, that was pretty good. I just happened to walk up to him and I said, and he's said, oh, I'm just talking to my girlfriend. She's on there right now. So uh, she started to tell us what happened and, and the, what happened there. And then at one point, uh, I talked to a gentleman from Whistler, and he and his wife, or no, they were going to Whistler from the Sunshine Club. They just uh, were stuck, so they're, okay, what the heck? And then, and then there was another time, I don't know if you heard her, there was a girl that came out on the deck, and she was so upset because, we have run out of hamburgers, <laughs> and the ice cream machine is not working! <laughs> So it, that everybody started to laugh on the shore. And it was nice because, you know, we're all at this point. So uh, just to backtrack a little bit before we get to the screaming woman, um, we are all waiting there uh, to see what's going to happen. BC Ferries was tweeting some updates and um, we had uh, our colleagues in Victoria had uh, done an interview with the spokesperson who said that they didn't know why this had happened. They didn't really know what was going on, but they were trying to get the people off of the vessel as soon as possible because this was supposed to be a 40 minute voyage from the mainland to the Sunshine Coast. Uh, just after 8 p.m., when they should have been docking, is when they um, crashed into the uh, 
into the dock there and got stuck. And so as a result, I mean, the response, like the tugboat came first. And actually, right when we were getting there uh, with the chopper over top, you know, we saw, oh, wow, the tugboat's here. They must be getting ready to, to move this thing. And so we were getting nervous because it's a 25 minute drive from the Seashell Airport to get back down to the ferry terminal. So we were getting a little bit nervous there, but um, the day kind of wore on. The Coast Guard shows up and they were actually really great And because um, we were asking them what was going on. Actually, I should I should mention that the Coast Guard guy came up to us to apologize for getting in our shot. You were getting some really great viz there and uh, the hovercraft comes in right past us, past the ferry and the, uh, the Coast Guard guy apologized for getting in the shot and I was like, what are you talking about? That's exactly what we wanted to see so that people get a sense of what's happening here which is it's all hands on deck to try to help these people and then they were chatting with us and giving us a sense of what was going on that they were on standby to try to help those people and then Pete Klein uh, you tried to uh, to talk your way onto the hovercraft if if there was going to be a rescue underway of those uh, ferry passengers well I think they had mentioned that they might one plan was that they would take the hovercraft and go I guess, to some part of the ship and then bring 100 people at a time off to shore if it was going to be stuck there. So, you know, first thought comes to my mind, hey, if you guys are going, do you mind if I come on board? <laughs> so um, at that point, the, you know, the captain, he said, I'll go check with the captain. And then they, you know, they have to take it f- farther up the food chain. It never did transpire. But, uh, you know, you got to put the word out and try. That's, that's what we do to try and get the pictures of the people coming off and get the emotion at that point because people have been stuck on there at that point. I think it was six hours when we talked to them about that. But um, you never know. you got to try. So then at this point, it's later in the afternoon, I guess around 3 p.m. Uh, you are, the tide keeps coming out. You could, it, it almost felt like we could walk up and touch the ferry. We were that close, but apparently um, the... Uh, the water drops off quite deep, um, pretty much right where the ferry was. So we were walking out quite a bit along with all these, um, I mean, picture dozens of people standing around waiting to leave. There were some locals and whatnot. Uh, and we're waiting and we can hear announcements on the ferry where they're telling people in the next hour, it sound, it looks like we're going to be able to do this and that. Please get off the... Um the uh, the car decks and all sorts of stuff. So every hour it sounded like, okay, it's going to be imminent. It's going to be imminent. So from my perspective as the reporter, I was having a really hard time writing the story and trying to get ready for it because we didn't know when it was going to happen. So I'm sitting there on a driftwood log on my iPad, typing away and trying to come up with some sort of structure for the story. There's dogs and kids running around and there's sand flying all over the place. Pete is is right at the edge of the water waiting for this thing to happen. And we just... I don't want to say we had to wing it, but basically I had to write a story in such a way that would um, still be airable, even if the people, if the passengers were getting off right before we were going to air. And the way that it ended up kind of happening is, um, you know, the closer you get to six o'clock, everybody starts sweating bullets. And uh, there we were, what was it, 4 or 4.30, and, and they were, we could hear over the PA system from the ferry telling the, the passengers to sit down and hold on, and nothing was happening. And then that woman came to the edge to the windows, because BC Ferries, we knew that they'd been offering free hamburgers and stuff, and that's when she was saying that they ran out of food and all sorts of, it was some nice levity at a time when it seemed quite tense, that because a second tugboat had arrived and another Coast Guard vessel, there was just, there was a lot going on, but also not a lot going on because the the thing that we were waiting for, for the vessel to be moved, was still not happening. 
Yeah, there's a lot of, in our business, hurry up and wait, and it always seems to happen right when you don't want it to. Uh, you, you need to be able to shoot it live, or you need to edit, or something like that. We're lucky now that with the iPads you mentioned, we can now import footage from the cameras, and we can quickly edit something and, and send it off into the ether for the, everybody to access. So we're lucky that way that we were able to edit clips of people talking and, and send that to the building. So if we were busy and tied up with things, they can put something together back there, which is ended up what happening because we were busy. Everything was transpiring right when we needed to go live and obviously can't cut, edit, voice, go on TV all at the same time. So uh, that's when the team effort sort of comes into it is where, uh, okay, they can take care of that. We're, we're doing this. And, uh, you know, another crew was on their way to do the evening stuff. So yeah, it's a lot of uh, teamwork involved. And that was actually really complicated because imagine it, we, it, it was just me and Pete there. And so we are standing by because every half an hour to an hour, it looks like finally, oh, the divers have done an assessment of the hull. Maybe it's time that they can actually start some movement because the, the ferry, just the way that it was stuck, there was metal grinding going on. They were cutting chunks off of the, uh, the very front of the, of the vessel. And so Lou comes back with her broadcast gear. I trekked back up the beach. I grabbed the gear and I'm trekking back uh, with all the stuff. It's like 4.45 at this point i've slapped on some makeup in the truck while lou was uh came to um to to give us the gear my phone has died three times at this point because i'm tweeting and emailing and doing all sorts of stuff so 4:45, pete is very calmly on the on the beach they're setting up for the live hit and i'm frantically trying to figure out what am i going to say because again it was really at this point it actually was imminent that it looked like they were going to move the vessel so um, you know, I'm, I'm generally uh, calm or I appear calm on the outside, but I was sweating bullets at 5 p.m. when I could hear, I have an earpiece in my ear and I could hear the headlines rolling and I wasn't totally sure what I was going to say. So I, I kind of winged it and I just had to talk about what was happening in the background. And then we see some visuals, the chopper viz mostly from earlier, just kind of setting the stage, explaining what happened. Uh, and then we had to gear up and get ready for six o'clock because more stuff kept happening as we were on the air. And we just really had to kind of tap dance around what was happening to keep it as current as possible um, while coordinating with the station because they have their own concerns there in terms of there was other breaking news happening with a triple fatal car crash in Surrey. Like it was a hectic day. And so we're trying to do our job in a way that fits in with everybody else. Like there was just a lot going on. Absolutely. And uh, yesterday would be a prime example. That ferry into the dock would be top story pretty much every day. And then as the day goes on, something else happens bigger and you get maybe knocked down a bit and then you're back up because the ferry is now happening right when the news is on. So they want that on right away. So we have to jockey, of course, like I know you're busy writing and I'll move the equipment around to a better spot. So we, we know the ferry is going to move to a certain point. So we have to be able to see things. So there's a lot of fluid motion. You can't have too many things like set in stone. You have to be able to uh, move and and shimmy with everything that happens and not not be too rigid in what you need to be doing. And it was really hard because when the ferry was going to be released and they were going to be able to dock it to actually be able to let all the people get off, you only really have one chance to get those passengers. And if you're live on the air... What are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, give your viewers the latest about what's happening? Oh, look, people are starting to walk off the vessel. Or are you going to just drop your live gear, grab the camera and run to get clips from those people? Because you really only get one chance. Luckily for us, 
it, it worked out that we were able to do our six o'clock hit as the vessel was moving and it was docking and they hadn't um, gotten anyone off yet. But it, and that's right when our second crew was arriving. Uh, so it was all kind of it, it ended up working out well. There's been other occasions I know that it has not worked out well and we've missed stuff because we had to service the show. Uh, but as all this mayhem is happening, the most frustrating part of the day, and Pete's smiling because I think he knows what I'm going to say, this dude sits down next to us and he starts wanting to have a conversation. It is 5.50 at this point. We have I have had to rejig my story and coordinate with a producer and an editor back at the station trying to get stuff on the air and accurate as much as possible. This dude sits down with this cooler wants to have a conversation, literally cracks a beer. I wish I was exaggerating. Cracks a beer. And I think he lit up a joint at one point as well, didn't he? And he's just like having this conversation as we are neck deep in chaos. I, I, it was just like, it was a comedy. I, it, it, yes, when he sat down and he plunked the actual cooler down and you could hear the psh exactly, of the beer. Yes. You're like, okay, what's going to happen now? And of course, he starts to chit-chat with us. So it it becomes at that point, like, you don't want to ignore him. You want to be polite, but you also have a job to do. And uh, he had been around us earlier in the day, and he was kind of uh, hanging around. And you know he's going to be that joker that's going to go in behind the camera and uh, do something crazy. And of course, he ended up in your, I think, in your 5 o'clock hit or maybe it was, I can't remember, but in uh, one of the hits, he did come behind you and he's waving his arms and uh, there's not much we can do at that point. We just let him do his thing because he's 20 feet back. And if I yell at him or, you know, he's not going to do anything because he's been having his, uh, his, he's been enjoying his afternoon. Yeah, so he's been enjoying the sunshine and the activities going on and uh, having a, a pop or two. And um, yeah, so that's, that comes with the job. You get used to that sort of thing, but you hope it doesn't happen, but it, sometimes you got to laugh and, and, and smile about it because, uh, again, it's like the girl with the hamburger. It's just that levity in the day that you got to take those little moments and, and, and smile about them and not get mad. There's no sense. Yeah, and I... You were really great about that because you were kind of chit-chatting with him as you were setting up the camera and stuff. But I was writing furiously because I'd been getting new information. We knew that we had just found out like 20 minutes earlier that the vessel was being pulled from service indefinitely. There was all this stuff that I was trying to cram in because everything was happening late in the day. So in situations like that, we often try to engage with people. You try to be friendly. Um, sometimes they go away. Um, you know, you just want to, you, you don't want like a hostile reception or things to go sour. So you were doing a really great job trying to kind of diffuse that as we're getting ready for what we've been working on all day long. And all the waiting is culminating as this dude is, you know, sucking back a lucky logger and, you know, having a good time. Well, one, one of the jobs if you're getting all these facts sent to you, I think one of the jobs that w- when we're with a photographer is we'll take those people aside and try and engage them in a separate area. So you're free to do what you need to do and think about what you need to do. And they still get to talk to somebody who's involved in the media. Like we had a little girl just before you're ready to go. Uh, her and her mom came up and sure enough, she wanted to see the camera. Okay, come and see the camera. And uh, you're busy writing off to the side and sort of I'll talk to her for five minutes because I'm not needed right at that moment so keeps her happy and then once the live hit she goes away and and it's not sort of interfering at that point so that's you try and engage some somebody at that point just trying to make them happy and then hopefully they won't bother you when you actually have to do the work 
And I felt really bad because that girl was really cute. Like, I wanted to talk to her. I mean, she was more interested in you and the camera than she was in me. But I still try to be friendly. But I was so frazzled at that point. I just had my head down, just scribbling away. So, again, yeah, you dealt with a couple people, actually. She didn't stress me out. The other guy with the beer stressed me out. That's why that was kind of first and foremost in my head. Yeah, well, and we had another group of guys come up. And I talked to one of them earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, one guy wanted his T-shirt on TV really bad. And so he starts to walk out. Uh, you know, 30 feet behind you so he can get his his advertising for his T-shirt on. And, uh, you know, I think you said something to him at one point, hey, come on, uh, and he turned around and, and took off. But, uh, you know, that's the stuff you deal with when you're out in, in the public and uh, the cameras tends to attract people, so... It's uh, it, it is one of those jobs where it, it is going to attract attention and people are going to be um, interested in what we're doing, especially in a circumstance like this, where um, our five o'clock hit at the top of five when they were still moving the vessel. People were actually coming towards us. Uh, there was a, a, cl- a crew from a competing station as well. So people were kind of gravitating towards them and towards us because they just wanted to hear what was going on. I, you know, not everybody's on Twitter. They weren't getting a lot of updates from BC Ferries. So people were coming over just to hear because they couldn't watch the newscast, uh, they were coming over to hear what was going on. And that has often happened in the past where people are coming up asking us and I'm like, okay, trying to get some more information. I just need to gather my thoughts. Like I'll be able to tell you, just listen in in a couple minutes when we go live. And that was happening in this case as well, where people were listening to us live on the beach uh, for updates because they were either they were trying to get on with their vacation, uh, leaving the Sunshine Coast, or they were trying to get home, leaving the Sunshine Coast. Everybody had a reason to want to know what was going on. Yeah. And that really... Actually, at big events like this happens a lot, like you mentioned. Um, been forest fires, people will be evacuees, and they'll, they may not get information that they need from the evacuation center at some point. And they always come to us to say, what have you heard? What have you heard? What's the latest? And uh, so that happens a lot. People will come and gather around us and, and try and get the information that they may not be getting through official channels. Well, I want to thank you so much, Pete, not just for being on the pod, but also for being such a calm influence and getting amazing visuals. If anybody has a chance, uh, check out our website, uh, vancouver.ctvnews.ca, to see some of the amazing footage that Pete got, both from the ground and from the air. It's always such a pleasure working with you. Well, thanks for having me on. That was fun. I'd also like to thank Gerald Christensen for his help with archival audio and thank you for joining us on BTS with CTV. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover on a future podcast? Email me, bts at ctv.ca and if you like what you heard, please subscribe for more insights, tidbits and the stories behind the stories. I'm Penny Daflos. 